1: Greetings, saints. Many blessings to you. Thank you for joining us today for the Unleavened Bread Bible Study. Father, thank you so much for showing us your wisdom in the days to come and um, causing us, Lord, to cooperate with you in this process. And Lord, help us to climb Mount Zion. Thank you so much, Father. We want to be in your presence. Amen. Okay, we call this the man child, bride, and revival. Hmm. And um, I'm going to share first uh, Garrett Crawford's revelation on 621 22. Uh, the father reveals his son to the world. Hmm. And Garrett said, I had a dream where I saw a radiant vision of Jesus Christ emitting glory. I was made to understand that his Father wanted to reveal him to the world in all his glory, nature, and power in the truest and purest sense. The Father truly wanted the world to see his Son again. That was his plan and heart's desire. Well, amen. We know it. We thank you for it. And it will happen in the body of the man-child. It will first begin to be revealed. And then here's uh, one from William uh, Steenland, 331-22. We called it the Transfiguration of the Man-Child. I dreamed I was at a burger restaurant called Five Guys, and I was eating. I was told by the waitress that I was going to witness the transfiguration of the man-child at Klingman's Dome. And that was it. Well, Klingman's Dome is a place that we often visited in the Great Smoky, Smoky Mountains, he said. It's one of the highest peaks east of the Mississippi. <clears throat> and um, also, uh, on a clear day, you can see seven states from Klingman's Dome. Uh, this revelation could be in reference to the man-child company in Revelation 14, 1-4. And I saw, and behold, the Lamb standing on the Mount Zion, and with him a hundred and forty-four thousand, having his name and the name of his Father written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven, as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of a great thunder. And the voice which I heard was as the voice of harpers harping with their harps. And they sing, as it were, a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders. And no man could learn the song save the 144,000, even they that had been purchased out of the earth. These are they that were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. Meaning, of course, they had received no seed of man, and these women are the, a reference to the sects or denominations of men. These are they that follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. These were purchased from among men to be the firstfruits unto God and unto the Lamb. Well, this just means that uh, these are the first fruits to come to maturity after Jesus, the Lamb. Amen. And that's because he lives in them by his word and spirit. Okay, and also a wonderful revelation here given to Gabe Watson on 12 uh, of 2022. Let's see. We called it Revival Begins in the Kingdom. Yes. He said, My mother, father, and I were in a car. My father was driving. That's a good thing. (laughs) That represents that our father is guiding us, right? I was in the passenger seat, and my mother, I believe representing the church, was in the back. It seemed like my father was trying to say something, but it didn't make any sense. Well, my thought was, uh, sometimes he speaks in parables, <laughs> like he's doing now. And it's to hide these things from the wise and prudent and, and reveal it unto babes, right? Uh, I wondered if I should help him drive. Well, sometimes we don't understand or like where he takes us, and uh, because that's our carnal mind fighting against us, right? I even thought, should I be driving? (laughs) But out of respect for him, I did not drive. That's a good thing. We should respect his driving. He is wise and sovereign. He sees all things, uh, everything ahead, too. The next thing I knew, we were looking at this beautiful mountain. This mountain was about eight times bigger than any mountain on the earth. It was massive, with snow on different parts of it. Well, eight is the number of Jesus in Greek gematria, 888. And uh, this mountain could represent the kingdom of God on earth, which is everyone in Jesus on earth. And uh, Daniel saw a stone that was cut out without hands, representing the man-child, that became a great mountain. Jesus, the man-child in his day, became a great mountain because he began to true kingdom of God. Now Jesus is coming to repeat this worldwide, uh, and it is going to bring about this great mountain through the man-child's ministry. The flesh profits nothing. It's the spirit that gives life, right? That's what Jesus said. So the man-child's job is to sanctify the woman, uh, bringing her uh, completely into the kingdom of God. Because let's face it, you know, walking in the kingdom is um, sporadic, okay? So this great mountain is his people on earth. The stone struck the beast kingdom in the feet and crumbled his old his whole end time kingdom. Okay. Daniel 2 31 through35 says, Thou, O king, sawest, and behold, a great image, this image which was mighty. uh, You will notice that this image actually represents the people in these different beast kingdoms all the way down to today, actually, um, which was mighty, and whose brightness was excellent uh, that stood before thee, and the aspect thereof was terrible." As for this image, its head was of fine gold. That was Babylon leading on down to the end time, right? Its breast and its arms of silver, its belly and thighs of brass, its legs of iron, its feet part of iron and part of clay. Thou sawest till a stone was cut out without hands, meaning it's, uh, it was not man-made, but God made like the man-child. Nobody in the man-child can claim any credit. This is a, an act of God's grace and mercy. So, which smote the image upon its feet that were of iron and clay and brake them in pieces. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken in pieces together, and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floor. And the wind carried them away, so that no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain, just as Jesus in his day was the man child, and he became a great mountain." and uh, filled the whole earth. Now, that's something that's going to happen in our day because now Jesus and the man-child is going to reach the whole earth, right? The great mountain that filled the whole earth was the kingdom of God on earth. Revelation 11 and 15 says that the kingdom of the world is become the kingdom of our Lord and of His Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. Well, and that was, of course, spoken at the last trump, okay? So this process actually happening now all the way through to the end is bringing in God's flock, right? Daniel two forty four through 45 says, and in the days of those kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, nor shall the sovereignty thereof be left to another people. But it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. You remember that Daniel said about these kingdoms, even back in his time, uh, that um, they, uh, they're... Dominion would be taken away, but their lives would be prolonged, and that's because their seed is still with us today, okay? The kingdom passed away, but they're still with us today in the seven heads of the beasts of Revelation, okay? It'll consume all these kingdoms. It shall stand forever, for as much as thou sawest that a stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it brake in pieces the iron, the clay, the brass, the clay, the silver, the gold, and the great God hath made known unto the king what shall come to pass hereafter. And the dream is certain, and in the interpretation thereof sure. It was dark out. But I could still see the mountain clearly, and I could see lights all around the mountain like a city. Of course, the city was extremely small compared to how massive the mountain was. Well, that's because the city of heavenly Jerusalem is the bride and is much smaller than the mountain of the kingdom of God's people. Remember, there was a whole kingdom past Jerusalem out there. that was not the bride, okay? But uh, John was told that Jerusalem, or Zion, is the bride. So the mountain was uh, right in the middle of this city, and it looked very majestic. It was strange because I was looking slightly down on this mountain and city. It didn't seem strange that we were higher than the mountain and the city. As I was watching the mountain, I was unimpeded uh, by any part of the car. In other words, it didn't seem like it was uh, there, right? He was just seeing this clearly, you know. So he could see the mountain right through the car. My mother, uh, again representing the church, was also observing the event. Hmm. The church is going to get a front seat view of what's going on in these days, and it's going to start them uh, drawing closer to God, the real church, the called-out ones, right? I looked up into the air, and I noticed a laser beam of light diagonally from the left to the right Shooting down from heaven towards the mountain. As it hit the mountain, it started to cause a fire on the mountain. And this, I believe, is the man-child in whom Jesus lives by his light. Ah, uh, and it will begin the fiery revival. It was a very translucent fire. It wasn't extreme. In other words, it was a supernatural or spiritual fire, right? However, I had a sense if the laser stayed on the mountain, it might consume it. True. You know, Hebrews 12 and 29 says, For our God is a consuming fire. What he likes to consume is flesh. Put your flesh on the altar. You are the priests of God, right? As this was happening, swarms of birds were leaving the mountain in droves. It seemed like they were leaving because of the fire. That's, that's uh, leaving the kingdom. And this revival will cleanse the kingdom of the Babylonish birds um, as it did in Jesus' day. Revelation 18 and 2 says, And he cried with a mighty voice, saying, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great, and is become a habitation of demons, and a hold, or a prison, of every unclean spirit, and a hold of every unclean and hateful bird. So here's the thing. This this, uh, great mountain is being cleansed of this Babylonish curse that's upon it. Even all the Babylonish religions that are upon it. And um, these demons are fleeing because of this revival. As I was watching this unfold, I was absolutely amazed. I didn't know if I was saying it out loud or thinking it, but I was saying, Wow, this is so spiritual. This is something that is happening in the end time. I didn't want to miss it, and I wanted to keep watching. I was saying to myself, do not sleep, because if you do, you're going to miss it. (laughs) Yes, this is not a time to sleep. This is a time to wake up. Amen. It almost seemed when I said these words, I fell asleep, if only for a second, and when I woke up, I saw nothing but darkness, where the mountain had been, and the sky was completely dark. See, you do not want to go to sleep now. You want to watch all of this. You want, the God is showing us revelation here. Isaiah 60 and 2 says, For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the peoples. Can you see it? I can, yeah. But the Lord will arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. Oh, praise God. He is going to reveal his glory in the earth. I was now looking through the windshield of the car. The windshield was wet, but I could see clearly through the middle of the windshield. But around the edges of the windshield, it was blurry from the water. I believe that this represents the outpouring of the latter rain of the Spirit of God, which starts with the man-child and uh, begins the revival. And as we know, at that time, uh, both the latter and former rain will be poured out. But uh, according to type, the man-child will be the first to receive the latter rain, just as Jesus was the first to receive the former rain and then passing these on to the disciples. I could see a few lights, but they were very blurry because of the water on the windshield. I knew I was on a road now, and I remember looking up to try to find the mountain. I was level with the city because the lights were now in front of me rather than me looking down upon them. And then I woke up. And he found a picture that closely reflects what he saw here, which we will post, of the huge mountain and the city before it. Okay, so we got this uh, next revelation we called Climbing Mount Zion to Give Birth to the Man-Child. Tiana Fire, twelve nineteen twenty-two. 19 mm-hmm. I dreamt that I was heavily pregnant, and in the third trimester. Well, representing the woman church who is pregnant with Jesus in the man-child reformers. Okay. So, this man-child is about to be born from the woman, right, of Revelation 12, right? Revelation 12, 4 and 5 says, And his, that is the dragon's, Tail draweth the third of the stars of heaven and he cast them to the earth. This represents, of course, the great falling away of one third of Abraham's seed, which is identified by God as the stars of heaven. No, it's not the angels. And um, the dragon standeth before the woman about to be delivered that when she is delivered, he may devour her child. And she was delivered of a son, a male or a man-child, who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and unto his throne. And then in 14, we read, And there were given to the woman the two wings of the great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness, which is the tribulation, unto her place where she is nourished for a time and a times and a half a time by the man-child, just exactly as Jesus did as a type and a shadow for us, right? Three and a half years he taught And the wilderness is the tribulation to come. Very near now, though. Uh, And um, from the face of the serpent. In other words, protection from the serpent. Uh, As you know, uh, Jesus uh, taught the disciples for three and a half years uh, before they went out and uh, the beast made war against them, basically. And the harlot made war against them. Basically, so there will be a time of I say relative peace, so that the man-child can raise up the woman, the fivefold ministry, the disciples to go forth two by two, etc., etc. Okay, I was on a riverside, which had a steep mountain right next to it. I was ready to give birth as contractions quickly started happening close together but they weren't painful. I I felt strongly that the baby was about to come out very quickly, but I was very calm and relaxed. After maybe five minutes, the contractions completely stopped. So I decided that I had time to go get some food. I was craving food from a restaurant called Abraham's which was uh, dark green. Well, I think uh, we must feed on the word of the promise and have the faith of Abraham, which will bring us eternal life, represented by the color green. Uh, Romans 9, 6-9 says this, For they are not all Israel that are of Israel. Neither, because they are Abraham's seed, naturally, he's speaking, uh, are they all children. But in Isaac shall thy seed be called. That is, it's not the children of the flesh that are the children of God, remember that, but the children of the promise are reckoned for a seed. It's the children who believe the promise. They are reckoned for a seed. So it doesn't matter who natural Israel is. It matters who spiritual Israel is, who is circumcised in heart, not in flesh. For this is a word of promise. According to this season will I come, and Sarah shall have a son. There is the promised seed, right? And also Galatians 3, 6-9 says, Even as Abraham believed God... And it was reckoned unto him for righteousness. Know, therefore, that they that are of faith the same are sons of Abraham. It don't matter who you are in the flesh. They that are of faith the same are the sons of Abraham. And the Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel beforehand unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all the nations be blessed. All the nations be blessed in thee. There is a part of all nations who is in Abraham, and it is because of their faith. So then, they that are of faith are blessed with the faithful Abraham. Amen. John 6 and 35. Jesus said to them, I'm the bread of life. Who cometh unto me shall in no wise hunger, and who believeth unto me shall in no wise ever thirst. That's like Jesus. Abraham was the father of a multitude. (laughs) Jesus was the father of the new creation, And Abraham, in the natural, was the father of the old creation, which is passing away. But as people are born again, they come into the new creation, right? So, I looked up on Google Maps the closest Abraham's Abraham's restaurant. There was one located 6.7 miles from where I was, and there was another located 11 miles I chose the closer one to go to, and I got in a white car, I sat in the back seat, and a friend drove. We followed the maps, and it led us up a very steep hill that led high up into the air. Overcoming the gravity, right? Gravity is like flesh, it drags you back to earth, right? so like the woman was carried by the eagle representing overcoming the world in the wilderness where she is fed by the man-child. So she's being lifted up into the air, into heavenly places in Christ Jesus, right? This is a work of God. My friend was driving very slowly as the road was so steep and it led onto a rocky dirt road. The road went straight up into the air. I was so nervous because of how high up we were, and I did not want to look back. Uh, Which can represent trials and tests of your faith, right? Romans 5 and 3, she adds here, And not only so, But let us also rejoice in tribulations, knowing that tribulations work patience. And we're told in James, let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, lacking in nothing. Right? And Philippians 3 and 13 says, forgetting the things which are behind. She did not want to look back forgetting the things which are behind and stretching forward to the things which are before the um the demons want you to look back at your failures right um they want to condemn you for your failures and as long as you look back you're not looking forward you're going to stumble <laughs> right so um uh don't listen to them forgetting the things which are behind right Um, A man appeared high up on the road, but we weren't wanting to stop because of how steep the road was. The man called out that we shouldn't be driving on this road, and that we should only walk. Because the devil wants to do anything to slow you down, right? He told us this is very dangerous, and if we want to stay alive, we have to get out of the car. Hmm. Well, many worldly people would try to dissuade us from the highway of holiness. Uh, they don't understand why you walk the way you walk in, in obedience to the Lord and His principles. They don't understand it. They'll talk you out of it if they can. <laughs> no, And she went on to say, worldly ways, and I would say, and thinking are contrary to faith in Christ. Yes, and also Romans 8 and 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. The sons of God, by the way, are going to be the ones on top of Mount Zion. And many more are going to follow in their steps. Okay. We couldn't do that because there was nowhere to park the car, and we didn't want the car to go backwards. There was nowhere to even turn around. So obviously there is no time for backsliding when you are running a race. You will lose the race. We just kept driving and praying that the Lord was protecting us. Amen. A woman later appeared on the road and wanted us to not drive anymore because the road gets even steeper up ahead. Well, for those who walk by sight, um, danger is all they can see, you you know. The impossibilities is all they can see. We had no other choice but to keep driving. The road started getting extremely steep. And it literally looked impossible to walk up it, let alone drive up. Well, Matthew 19 and 26 says, And Jesus, looking upon them, said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world, saints. Faith, faith. Faith puts you on the wings of the eagle, right? We started getting attacked with fear so that the person driving started driving as fast as possible so we could get there quicker. (laughs) The car started making a really loud noise. I was surprised that the car started going a little faster and how the person was able to keep the car going straight at such a high speed. Um, I would say this is representing perseverance in faith despiteing all the odds, right? John 14 and 27 says, I leave you peace. My peace I give to you. Not as the world giveth, give I to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither be it fearful. And James 1 and 12, Blessed The man that endureth temptation, for when he hath been approved, he shall receive the crown of life, which he promised to them that love him. She went on to say, This went on for a while, but praise God, we finally got to the top safely. That's representing the top of Mount Zion. And the top of Mount Zion, guess who is there? The Lord. That's where his throne is, right? When I looked at the map, I didn't realize that it would be around 6.7 miles straight up into the air. I felt that the baby would come out quickly when I was at the top of the mountain. And then I woke up. Yep, right on time. He will be right on time. And here's another one given to Tiana on 12.8.22. We called it Overcoming the World to Reach the Top of Mount Zion. Hmm. It's a race. Amen. I dreamt that I was living in a valley with other brethren. We were all gathered together and discussing a small village that was on a tall mountain near where we were. Hmm. Well, I believe the bride is climbing Mount Zion to the presence of God, and it is a small group of people, this is true. We were told that it was the best village to live in. The people there were very friendly, and it was nice and small, peaceful and secluded. Yes, indeed, that's true, of the bride, right? We heard stories about many different people that had tried to get up there before, but it was too difficult for them, so they just came back down to the valley. This is true, this is true. Um, you know, we told people coming here who said they wanted to come here, we told them do not come here without a word from the Lord and make sure it's a word from the Lord he told us to many people and still some people come and we find out they've really got no business here we didn't do anything about that of course they did you know you know uh, people who aren't spiritual um, don't understand Jesus in fact even religious people don't like the real Jesus so they've made their own Jesus, right? She went on to say, We also heard stories about others that had gotten lost on the way or died trying to get there. Mm-hmm. We've seen that too. And uh, we need faith uh, through all things and to escape the falling away. Amen. It sounded very difficult and dangerous to get up there and it was hard to see where to go through all the bushes. But some of us were so eager to go that to that village that we had heard about, and we decided that we would all journey there. Hmm. And she gives Matthew 13 and 44. The kingdom of the heavens is like treasure hid in a field, which a man found and hid And in his joy goeth and selleth whatever he hath and buyeth that field. Amen. Someone suggested that we race there just for fun, to help encourage each other, to keep going, and to stay on the right way. We all desire to get up there as quick as possible. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, she gives, Wherefore, exhort one another, and build each other up, even as also you do. Amen. So we all lined up and looked towards the part of the mountain we were going to. We didn't have anything on us except the clothes that we were wearing. Luke 10 and 3 through 4, she gives, go. Lo, I send you forth as lambs amidst wolves. Carry no purse, no wallet, no shoes, and salute no one on the way. (laughs) Don't get distracted, in other words, right? A starter's gun went off, and we all started running towards the mountain. Well, let me say, the mountain is kind of like gravity is like the flesh, it pulls us down, it holds us back, but we must overcome it on the wings of the eagle, right? hmm <laughs> There were so many trees and bushes that we had to be careful to not get lost or step on a snake or run into branches or rocks. Well, she says, always make sure the path that you're on is the righteous way that is according to the word. Amen. And she gives Proverbs 16 and 9. A man's heart devises his way, but the Lord directs his steps. And also Proverbs 22 and 5. Thorns and snares are in the way of the perverse. He that keepeth his soul shall be far from them. Yep. Everything is too hard when you're going in the way of the Spirit for them. Okay. I ran for a few minutes, and I started believing for God to help me, and I started being lifted up into the air about nine feet high while running. Well, that's good. Uh, the, the, the number nine, I believe, represents the fruits of the Spirit. And these are what help us to overcome the gravity of the flesh. See, the flesh is like a law, like the law of gravity. Uh, Most people never escape that law. uh, But we have the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that sets us free from it, right? The other people called out to me asking how I was starting to fly. And I said, you have to have faith. Then they too, being lifted up a few feet off the ground, uh, Isaiah 40 and 31, she gives, But they that wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Yes, hold on to your faith. Remember, it is the supernatural power of God, not yours, that counts. And that we, uh, we enter into that through our faith. I was still lower than the trees, so I had to dodge the trees and the large rocks and go under branches so I wouldn't hit them, and I was moving at a fast pace. I asked God to help me with my faith, and I started to believe that I could go higher. And I got lifted up higher and higher. And of course, what happened? Well, the obstacles were overcome by faith. She got over the obstacles, over, you know. Ephesians 2, 4-9. through But God, being rich in mercy for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace have you been saved have you been saved enter into grace through faith faith believes the things that are uh, to be past already calls the things that be not as though they were it's past okay and raised us up with him and made us to sit with him in heavenly places now this is was accomplished by our lord and we enter into it through faith uh, and made us to sit with Him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's where heavenly places are, in Christ Jesus, abiding in Him. You have to stay abiding in Him if you want to win the race. That in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Grace. This is, this is how it happens. It's unmerited favor of God will cause you to make it. Not picking yourselves up by your bootstraps, right? For by grace have you been saved through faith. And that is not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works that no man should glory. Amen. I was just thinking on God and desiring His strength, faith, power, grace. And I got lifted up above all the trees so that I could see the top of, of the mountain from a distance but clear so i knew the right way to go i didn't have to worry about being lost i was up high enough that i didn't have to worry about running into branches trees rocks in other words all the obstacles in the way right obstacles are overcome through our faith Matthew 9, according to your faith, be it unto you. And she gives also Matthew 17 and 20. And he saith unto them, because of your little faith, for uh, I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. So I looked behind me and I saw others a little bit off the ground, some a little more than others. The more faith we acted on, the higher up we went and the faster we moved, because the obstacles were no longer in the way, right? I started to get hit with doubt and unbelief about being able to fly. And my running slowed down, and I started dropping slowly to around the height of the trees. Hmm. Um, so I could see clearly ahead. I couldn't see clearly ahead anymore. Mark 4 and 40. And he said unto them, Why are you fearful? Have ye not yet faith? Amen. Amen. I started fighting and rejecting the doubt and the unbelief and the self-works and thinking on His Word and to rely purely on God's works and strength and faith. Yes, it's His faith. Have the faith of God, right? We must reject the lies and cast down the enemy. Yep. And 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that is exalted against the knowledge of God. What is the knowledge of God? You know you have arrived. You're seeing the end from the beginning. You know the gift is yours. You behold Jesus in the mirror. Amen. And bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. After overcoming the doubt and unbelief, it went away, and I started being lifted up higher and higher again. And she gives Matthew uh, 21, 21 and 22. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Amen, I say unto you, if you shall have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do what is done to the fig tree, but even if you shall say to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. All things, wow. And Romans 4, 20 and 21, Yet looking unto the promise of God, he doubted not through unbelief, but waxed strong through faith, giving glory to God, And being fully assured that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Yes. Is anything too hard for God? No. I flew about two-thirds of the way up the mountain, and I flew over a river. Well, overcoming an obstacle can bring us to pride. And because she says then, I then started to get hit with thoughts of pride. Because I was ahead of the others, and I started lowering to the ground again. So gravity, though flesh, was dragging her back down. This is the law of earthly gravity or flesh taking over, right? The devil was uh, once prideful because of his beauty, but then God made him hideous. Did you notice? I battled and resisted the pride, self-righteousness, and self-works, and it all went away. I was reminded that I am nothing without God, and everything is Him and for Him. Pride and arrogance is a stumbling block. Yeah, Proverbs 16 and 18. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Hmm. I looked back and I saw some people stuck at the uh, rough river and they were fearful to cross. I stopped moving and turned and, And I called out to them with encouragement and speaking faith that God is with them. I genuinely desired for them to get to the top of the mountain, and I believed they would overcome this river. And she puts in parenthesis, Love and intercession for others, especially in the Spirit, emboldens their faith. Yes, it does. Romans eight twenty six and 27, And in like manner the Spirit also helpeth our infirmity. For we know not how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedeth mightily for us with groanings unutterable, and who searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he intercedeth for the saints according to God. So pray in the Spirit. It's powerful. You don't know what you need to pray for? The Holy Spirit does. Pray in the Spirit. A couple of people's faith was increased, and they started being lifted up over the river. A few others then walked and swam across the river and got to the other side. Hmm, all right. Walked across the river, yeah. So, it's one thing better, flying, right? Right. I started getting lifted up high again and started running and flying in the air again all the way to the top. And when at the top, I watched as a couple of other brethren joined me. Only a few that I started out with ended up making it to the top. I felt some people had turned back and others either got lost or or died on the way, and then I woke up. Yes, it's true. It's sad. Some people do die and fall back into the world, so to speak, and they don't make it. Well, love, humility, and perseverance will cause us to overcome the pull of gravity like flesh, right, uh, towards the earthly and um, cause us to enter heavenly places in Christ. Amen? And this is a, a, a prophecy given to uh, Glenda Lomax. We called it, You Must Have Faith. And I'm just going to make a comment here. As we go through our wilderness experiences of a lack of man's provision out of Egypt... We learn through faith that we can have a heavenly provision of water out of the rock and of manna out of heaven. We get to see miracles when we put our faith in God and not in ourselves. The bride is well on her way in this, but the church at large is lagging far behind and need a tribulation to motivate them. So God is sending it. Keep that in mind as I share this revelation from Glenda. My children, be alert for my leading. Be alert as I am leading many of you out of where you are and into new situations. These will be situations of reduced provision. Again, this is where we start in our wilderness. Uh, We get this test, test of reduced provision. But as we confess the Lord, the provision comes, right? As I am teaching you to rely only on me, if you will follow my leading, you will enter a wilderness and be fearful for a time, but you will leave a faith giant. As I walk with my children through the wilderness seasons in their lives, I train them to have faith. I train them until their nature is changed from unbelieving to belief. I am a great and mighty God, and I am well able to provide for all of you. But this is not possible without great faith. Your provision in what is coming will be directly proportionate to your faith in me. Uh, In other words, in me to provide, okay? So, allow this training to come. Do not resist my leading, as this is your only hope, to avoid the coming mark, which is talking about the mark of the beast, and not perish in the famine. Amen. Matthew 21, 21 and 22, she gives, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do what is done to the fig tree, but even if you shall say unto this mountain, Be thou taken up and cast into the sea, it shall be done. And that's the mountain of apostasy, by the way, you know. Verse 22, and all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. There's the supernatural walk right there. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, run, excuse me, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not upon thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct thy paths. Philippians four and nineteen My God shall supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus Revelation thirteen sixteen through seventeen and he causeth all the small and the great, and the rich and the poor, and the free and the bond that there be given them a mark on their right hand or upon their forehead. And that no man should be able to buy or sell, save he that hath the mark, even the name of the beast or the number of his name. And Revelation fourteen nine through 12. And another angel, a third, followed them, saying with a great voice, If any man worshipeth the beast in his image and receiveth a mark on his forehead or upon his hand, He also shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is prepared unmixed in the cup of his anger. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. So don't believe the liars out there uh, that are telling you the mark of the beast is overcome by the mark of God. In other words, go ahead and take the mark of the beast because you'll have to, You'll have to make it through this, right? And they, they're they teaching that in dead churches where they have no faith. And the smoke of their torment goeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day and night, they that worship the beast and his image. Who is the image of Christ? The body of Christ are the image of Christ. Who is the image of the beast? The body of the beast is his image. In other words, uh, from the head of gold all the way down to the toes, it represents the people who uh, were in these different beast kingdoms. And they're all with us today. The seed of all of them is with us today. And whoso receiveth the mark of his name, here is the patience of the saints, they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Can you keep the commandments while you're being tested, tried, to see which, which you will do, obey or not? Deuteronomy 8, 1 through 2 says, All the commandment which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do, that you may live, and multiply, and go in, and possess the land which the Lord sware unto your fathers." And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God hath led thee these forty years in the wilderness, that he might humble thee, to prove thee, to know what was in thy heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or not. That's the test. Okay, here's Tiana again. In 2020, she got this, warning to climb Mount Zion to escape judgment. Yes, indeed. I had a similar dream to this a few times shortly after I started following Jesus. I was in a town called the Sunshine Coast, doing my daily routines. Well, this is a play on words. A uh, sun and sunshine coast represents the church or all Israel who are physical Uh, and spiritual children of Abraham. She said, Suddenly I had this feeling and urge to go get on top of the closest mountain, representing the call to sanctification in climbing Mount Zion. I didn't understand why, as I don't usually climb mountains, and I was currently busy doing things. Uh, well, in other words, many people have distractions that keep them um, in, in potential danger down there in the world, <laughs> and, um, and they, do, they don't know that they need to climb this mountain to spiritual safety in the presence of the Lord. Okay, continuing. Obedience is Christ's mandate. We are called to reach the high and the heavenly places of Mount Zion in the presence of God and heed the warning of the Lord to escape the wrath to come. Joel 3 and 17 says, So shall ye know that I am the Lord your God dwelling in Zion. My holy mountain, then shall Jerusalem be holy, and there shall no strangers pass through her any more, amen, so I drove to the closest mountain, and I climbed to the top, well, I would say, and into the presence of God, that's where he lives, right, in them heavenly high places. I then watched from a distance a giant tsunami with large waves rushing into the town and all the surrounding areas. This was sudden as no one saw it coming. And this had never happened before in this area. Good thing she heard the voice of the Spirit and followed, right? First Thessalonians 5, 2-9 says, For yourselves know perfectly... That the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. I've pointed out to you that I believe that there is a day of the Lord after, uh, at the end of the man, child, and bride's uh, time of tribulation and, and turning into the wilderness and climbing Mount Zion and so on and so forth. And also at the end of the tribulation when the church is in the same shape. And because that's the The judgment that comes upon the wicked who have tribulated God's people along the path. Amen. When they are saying peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them. Sounds like today, doesn't it? As travail upon a woman with child. There's the woman with child. There's the man child being born here. And they shall in no wise escape, but you, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. For you are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. So then let us not sleep as do the rest, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep sleep in the night, and they that are drunken are drunken in the night. But let us, since we are of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God appointed us not to wrath, but unto the obtaining of salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So she went on to say, If I had remained in the city, I would have been caught up in the destructive waves. Praise God, I was safe. Yep, on Mount Zion is the presence of the Lord Himself. Joel 2 and 32 says, And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion... And in Jerusalem there shall be those that escape. And of course, John was told in the book of Revelation that Mount Zion was the bride. The bride will escape. As the Lord has said, and among the remnant those whom the Lord doth call. Amen. So there's a place of safety in the Lord, in His presence, right? Marie Kelton gave this, Twelve thirty and 22, she received it. Safety in the presence of the Lord on Mount Zion. Hmm. During our evening meeting, I had an open vision of the Lord walking with the destroyer angel on a silver chain leash that was around its neck. A little while later, Again, I saw the Lord sitting next to me on a throne. He had the destroyer angel on a chain leash that he was holding. And I heard, and I will cause the destroyer angel to pass over thee. Hmm. Okay. A Passover. The Lord on his throne can be a Passover. And who was there to receive this? Well, she was. The Lord had the destroyer angel on a leash during the time of the Passover in Exodus. Right? He said, look, Exodus 12 and 23. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians, and when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto your houses to smite you. There it is. He's on the throne. The throne's on top of Mount Zion, and that's where she saw this revelation. How many of God's people believe in the Passover because they ate the lamb? You know, when you eat the lamb, you eat the Word of God, and you believe in the Passover because its promises are all there. So, you see, climbing Mount Zion brings us into the presence of God and His Passover. Amen. And Claire Pinar, 122322, uh, got this, which we called Will You Meet Him in the Upper Room? She said, I dreamed Rion and I walked into a tiny little restaurant lodge in a high altitude alpine area. So, few dwell in the high places and feed on the rare word, right? In this dream, I represent the bride because my name means brilliant and the bride's garments are bright and pure, as is spoken of in Revelation 19 and 8. And it was given unto her that she should array herself in fine linen, bright and pure. For well, the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. So, Rion represents the man-child, as his name means, Little Lion King. Mm-hmm. So, as we open the door, a Middle Eastern man, in dark blue scrubs, with a stethoscope around his neck, was waiting for us to take us to the top level of the restaurant. Well, we know that Jesus is the ultimate healer for his people. He's the only one you can really trust in. Uh, we, The medical profession has let many people down and caused many deaths because they did not pay attention to what the depopulationists wanted to do with this plague that they released with the vaccine. Okay, dark blue scrubs denotes that Jesus is coming in his heavenly attire to judge those who require it, and to perform surgery on those who need it. The stethoscope relates to how Jesus listens to the desires and state of the heart. And Rian said, God is our great healer for those who dwell on Mount Zion and take refuge in him and wait for him in the upper room. Yes, amen. My my friend Kira was also there, but had to stay at the bottom. Uh, She said this name means little dark one. And she goes on to say, only those with clean hearts and white robes are going to the upper room. The dark ones stay behind. Well, the dark ones stay in the shadow of the mountain and do not climb into the light on the top, right? And that was the end of the dream. But she said, I received this verse by faith at random from Ezekiel 39, 26, and 27. And they shall bear their shame and all their trespasses whereby they have trespassed against me, when they shall dwell securely in their land, and none shall make them afraid, when I have brought them back from the peoples and gathered them out of their enemies' lands. And have sanctified, and am sanctified in them in the sight of many nations. Amen. What a testimony God's going to do with his people. Okay, this is Tiana Fire again, twelve seventeen twenty-two, And we called it man, child, and bride to be wed on Mount Zion. And I believe that Tiana here is representing the bride in this vision. She said, I had a vision uh, where I saw a large, bright, sparkling chandelier hanging from a ceiling. I looked around the room, and the walls were so shiny, sparkling, and bright. And I saw the colors light pink, white, and gold. Well, these colors could represent uh, the love, the purity, and refinement that the bride experiences as she walks the crucified life on her journey to meet her heavenly husband, Christ. The presence in the room was so peaceful and joyful. That's representing the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. She said, I was in what looked like a ballroom that was located Downstairs. To my right, on the other side of the wall, were stairs going up to the second floor. And this is where I felt the master bedroom was. Well, spiritually, the master bedroom on the second floor represents where Jesus will consummate the marriage to his bride in heavenly places, right? The staircase to the right on the other side of the wall represents the path of righteousness that is only found through sanctification or separation from the world represented by the wall. So she went on to say this place felt like a fancy mansion. It was uh, designed like ones in the 1700s. There was a, a dining table and chairs to my left well, this could represent the marriage feast, which is also a time of judgment, represented by its placement on the left. Okay. Straight ahead of me was a man standing in the ballroom with his back to me. He was wearing a black suit and looked like he was waiting. This man who was straight ahead represents Jesus, who is the straight and the narrow way, and he is waiting for his bride. He was looking out this large window, which had giant doors and shutters that were open. There was a beautiful view of grass in the yard and a beautiful garden, And past that was a forest that went all the way to the bottom of a mountain. And she has in parenthesis, The man, child, or Jesus, was waiting to dance with the bride in the ballroom. Amen. We were up high on top of the mountain because I could see very far down the mountain. The sky was blue. But there was a fog. And I thought the fog might represent that Mount Zion, the bride, is still hidden and has not yet been revealed. Yes, amen. It was late afternoon and the sun was starting to set, Uh, representing the end of the 6,000th year day. I then saw myself in the spirit, and I was walking towards the man wearing a bright white sparkling wedding dress and long white gloves and a sparkling bright tiara or a crown. So the bride's garments are bright and pure, as is spoken of in Revelation 19 and 8. The man then turned around, and as I walked to him, he smiled and he greeted me with open arms. And she says, "Lord Jesus welcomes those who are counted worthy to open, with open arms." And First, Second, Thessalonians, Excuse me, One and Five says, "A manifestation of the righteous judgment of God that you be counted worthy." Of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. So he's talking about the saints, how we do go through chastenings to bring us into his presence, right? I felt that we would be down in the ballroom for a little while, but then we were will be going upstairs to the master bedroom. Amen. Okay. This is Samuel Fire 12, 21, 22, and we called it UBM, the tip of the spear for the man-child ministry. Amen. Samuel said, I asked God what the world would look like right before the seven-year tribulation. Now, listen to this. It's very, uh, well, it is right exactly what I've been saying is coming. And so this, he's talking about a time that we are now approaching. Okay. He said, I saw a vision. There was a lot of unity in the world, markets and trade. Oh, this is what they're promising when they restore the destruction that has come upon the markets. All trading was going well on all sides with profit and expansion and more jobs and large payouts with bonuses. Many loan applications were getting approved. Wars mostly ceased to the extent that no armies were shooting at each other. There were many people able to travel and enjoy a better standard of living. The cost of living became much easier for the lowest earning bracket of people, and medicine and health greatly improved, and there was less disease. Okay, um, this is the beginning of the wealth spread through the GCR, Global Currency Reset. And the redistribution of Babylon's hidden treasures of darkness, which were given in Psalm 45 to Cyrus, which is a type of Trump. And he has these ready to try to restore this uh, depression we're headed into. Um, The hidden health technologies are promised to be released. Uh, other technologies that are far beyond what we've experienced are to be released. Uh, this is all stuff that the the deep state was hiding from us. They were partaking of it, but they really wanted all of us to die so they could take over the earth, right? So uh, this prosperity can't last for the wicked. This is what I've been saying. It, it just can't last for the wicked, for they're under the curse but they will be able to see what they are missing. And the curse drives people to the Lord. It was as though everyone was on the verge of a man-made utopia and beginning to head into a golden age. Isn't that just exactly what the the false prophets of um, the people out there are doing? The New Age people are doing. There was a one-world government, as we see forming right now, right? World currency and a one-world religion, as we see forming right now. You live and let live, right? Everyone started to agree on merging into and being controlled in uh, one format, So, this is the One World Order, their Tower of Babel. And you know what ultimately happened to the Tower of Babel, right? Okay. As soon as I saw this, something triggered a major chaos. Well, let me say, could this be a plague released and the world war that follows the coming of Jesus and the man child in Revelation six one through four? Could be. I remember I've said this thing is going to start out good because it's going to be able to bring God's people back to their promised land to rebuild their kingdom. Okay. But then it's going to end bad. Why? because the rest of the people don't deserve, nor will it help them to be in prosperity. Please listen. Everything was shown for what it truly was, lies and deception, and it all started falling apart. It was like a thin veil covering something to disguise it, and then it had caught on fire and the whole thing is in turmoil and flames. Well, hence the refuge, right? Why does it have to be this way? Because there is no peace to the wicked, saith the Lord. Why can't the the wicked have peace? Well, Isaiah 26, 9-11 says this, with my soul have I desired thee in the night. Yea, with my spirit within me will I seek thee earnestly. For when thy judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world learn righteousness. It takes judgment for this. It motivates them to seek God. Verse 10 goes on to say, Let favor be shown to the wicked, yet will he not learn righteousness. Oh, that's, not, that's terrible. I mean, what's more important, to have a rough time down here and enter into heaven or to have a wonderful party down here and enter into hell because you didn't seek the Lord? Let favor be shown to the wicked, yet will he not learn righteousness. In the land of uprightness will he deal wrongfully and will not behold, not behold the majesty of the Lord. Verse 11, The Lord thy hand is lifted up, yet they see not. He holds his hand up when he wants his people to conquer the enemy. Right? Yet they see not but they shall see thy zeal for thy people and be put to shame. Yea, fire shall devour thine adversaries. The world is under a curse that will bring it all down. And the only thing to do is get out of that kingdom and into God's kingdom where every provision is. And uh, she went on to say, there will be worldwide announcements and so-called great accomplishments in many areas. A great divide will occur between those who know of the secret things of God and those who are unable to see the truth of it all. In other words, the truth according to the word, not according to religion. Many are not in Christ yet. Because you have to agree with the Word to be in Christ. How can two walk together except they be agreed, right? People are going to get the revelation of this, the right people. But the Lord has a calling on them during the tribulation period. Yes, indeed. The only people who can live above the curse are the bride who lives in the king's palace, right? And since they are not in love with the world and its lusts, they can be trusted to have abundance. They they will have provisions so they're not distracted. All they have to do is go out and replicate the life of the Lord before the wicked. Amen. And he said, I saw a tip of a spear. But the tip was zoomed in to see on a microscopic level. Well, the bride is a very small group of people, contrary to popular opinion. And there were a few people, he said, marching to the very top point of the spear, their arms linked together. I felt these were the true family and brethren in UBM. He said, very few people actually pursue Christ, and very few of these will manifest His Spirit, right? Well, as we're going to see, uh, UBM has been prophesied to spearhead the man-child ministry to the world. I was shocked to see how deceiving the enemy was and how deceived he is. Only those who chose to forsake the idols of the worldly desires uh, can be trusted to handle these things for the Lord. You see, God knows he can trust some people because they're, they're not driven by are they're, they're driven by the kingdom, wanting to cause their father's kingdom to proceed, right? Those who listen and have a real relationship also with the Lord, who have broken away from the worldly desires that are not necessary and are content with basic living, will have God's supernatural provision. They don't lust after it. Therefore, they can be trusted. They are the ones who lead people out of the apostate church and the worldly system to Christ. Amen. Now, here's the revelation I wanted to share with you. uh, Spearheading the man-child ministry. And I wrote this back in 2002. We know that God is building this ministry to spread His truth to a multitude of babies about to come looking for answers when this nation is chastened. I share this revelation for your edification and preparation, not to give any credit to myself. Jesus told us that whenever we have done all that we know to do, to consider ourselves as unprofitable servants. And this is because we do not earn God's grace. It is freely given through the faith that He gives. No man should feel worthy of the great things that God is about to do through them. Furthermore, many are called to and promised the man-child ministry, but few will be chosen for it. I am praying. I am praying to be counted worthy. Many times, when brethren have had visions of me, it is because God is using my name to identify the Corporate body of the Son of David that Jesus will be manifested in to shepherd his flock, as he said uh, that he would do when he came in the last days, like in Ezekiel 34 11 through 31, and like in Jeremiah 30, 6 through 9, and 21 through 24. So When I was doing this conference across the country, going from city to city, um, a prophet named Philip shared this vision with with us. He said, I have prayed for three days now for the Holy Father's will in this matter of sharing the vision I received during a meeting with David as the speaker. And that was in Phoenix, um, which is a type of resurrection life, right? I'm permitted to share the following. As I prayed with David in the start of the meeting, I saw the room change into a stadium filled with people. And David was at the podium shouting through a microphone that was in the shape of a shofar. He wore, I'll share some interpretation in a moment, and I'm going to read what he has here first. He wore a silver Yarmukla or yarmuki, that uh, glowed as he spoke, and from above it came a white golden light pouring down from the sky as a beam of glory growing brighter with each outpouring. From David's clothing came the same glory lights pouring through the zitzit in his garment, flowing like fingers through the people. They touched the forehead and were grabbed by the right hand of people who became pregnant and began shouting as they were covered in glory. This is the vision I had at the meeting. The Holy Father says that David would know its meaning, if not now, very soon. And so months after that meeting, we received this from Philip. Holy Yahweh is forming this ministry into his image to spearhead the man-child ministry, birthing and delivery to the world. Amen. He has given this to me in a mighty vision that ran continued for three nights, along with some other things that I can't say just yet. David's interpretation here. Okay. I had already received a previous prophecy that I would be teaching in stadiums, and I thought that this might be spiritual because of the rows of people. Um, The word is passed on from person to person as each tier speaks to greater and greater circles of people in a geometric progression. In other words, you may receive it, then you turn and share it with five, right? And, and on and on, it, it's a geometric progression. Like a stadium is built, larger and larger circles. I hear the word going forth from the center, Right? I've been contacted by many who have told us that they are using our broadcasts for MP3 audios uh, for their home Bible study groups. And, of course, we now we know many missionaries are also doing the same thing. And also multitudes are copying our materials and passing them on. A shofar turns inaudible breath, which is the same Hebrew word for spirit, into the audible voice of the Spirit, or the Word, which warns God's people and destroys the enemy, as in Gideon's battle. And we're all called to this ministry of being a vessel through whom the pure Word of the Spirit will flow. The people being touched on the forehead by the light from heaven are those who humbly receive the Word and so receive the renewed mind of Christ. And these are grabbing the light with the right hand, which represents those who act on the word, and so have the renewed works of Christ. Uh, These become pregnant with the seed of Christ through the word. He that doeth the will of my father is my mother. Amen. When this seed bears fruit in the womb of the heart and mind that is eventually birthed to the world, they will be seen as the image of Christ. And that is, of course, opposed to the image of the beast, those who walk in the flesh, right? In Jesus' day, Jewish men normally wore a simple tunic at work or home, but when uh, assembling in public gatherings, they would cover their tunic with a large rectangular cloth called the tallet, which is a prayer shawl that draped over the shoulders almost to the ground, The Torah commanded them to wear the zitzit, zit, which were fringes or tassels at the four borders. Well, we know Hebrew uh, for borders here is corners or wings. Corners or wings. So we'll run into this again. Um, and that was of the talit. Right? The corners or wings of the talent, The borders of the tallet, And this was a reminder to keep the commandments. Deuteronomy 22 and 12 tells us, Thou shalt make the fringes. That's the zit-zit. Upon the four borders. That's the Hebrew for kanaf, uh Corners or wings. Right? of thy vesture, which is the tallet, wherewith thou coverest thyself. The zitzit uh tassels are tied into six hundred and thirteen knots to constantly remind the Jews of the six hundred and thirteen laws of Moses. Three hundred and sixty five of these are thou shalt not type laws and 248 are Thou Shall type laws. The four Zitzits also represented the name, which in Hebrew means nature, character, and authority of God. Y-H-W-H, right? And it's manifested in the life of the one who keeps the word. The white golden light pouring down from the sky will flow through these people, first the man-child and then who those who receive that light from them. Okay. So it's going to continue on from that point, on and on. The glory is going to spread just like he's talking about. Numbers 15 and 37. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel and bid them that they make them fringes, zit, zit, in the borders. And the Hebrew kanaf, corners or wings, okay, of their garments throughout their generations and that they put upon the fringe of each border a cord of blue. And it shall be unto you for a fringe, there's the zit, -zit, that you may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them. And that you follow not after your own heart and your own eyes, after which you use to play the harlot and that you may remember and do all my commandments and be holy unto your God I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God I am the Lord your God well like Jesus the man-child will fulfill Malachi's prophecy concerning the Zitzit as the two witnesses are being manifested to the world. Malachi 4 and 1 on down, I will read, For behold, the day cometh, it burneth as a furnace, and all the proud, and all that work wickedness shall be stubble, and the day that cometh shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the sun of righteousness arise with healing in its wings, zit zip. And you shall go forth and gamble as the calves of the stall. Amen. And you shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I make, says the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb, for all Israel, even statutes and ordinances. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. Kind of like um, John the Baptist and our John the Baptist of these days who are preaching repentance now, you know. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Well, honor your father and your mother, spiritually speaking and physically speaking, right? And you will live long on the earth. The Jews believed the son of righteousness would be the Messiah, who would have the power to heal whoever touched the zit-zit or the fringes on his garment. They did not know that this would be repeated in the end time through Christ in the man-child company. The light from heaven poured through the zitzit of Jesus, Jesus' talent, to heal the sick as it will spiritually through the end time man-child ministry. The uh, woman who had suffered from an issue of blood for 12 years, came up behind him, touching the border or wings of his garment where the zitzit was, and was healed. She expressed her faith in Jesus as the son of righteousness with healing in his wings. In Hebrew, again, is zitzit. The zitzit represents the, The Word or Jesus manifested in the man child in righteousness and obedience. It represents the name or nature, character, and authority manifested in the one who wore it. Matthew 9 and 20 says this. And behold, a woman who had an issue of blood twelve years came behind him and touched the border, or wings, of his garment. For she said within herself, If I do but touch his garment, I shall be made whole. But Jesus turning and seeing her said, Daughter, be of good cheer, thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. Praise be to God. And Mark 6 and 54 says, And when they were come out of the boat, straightway the people knew him, and ran round about that whole region, and began to carry about on their beds those that were sick where they heard he was. And wheresoever he entered, into villages, or into cities, or into the country, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and besought him that they might touch it if it were but the border or wings of his garment. And as many as touched him were made whole. So, to let me repeat something for a point here. Uh, Mark 5 and 25 and 26, it says and a woman who had an issue of blood 12 years. And verse 26, And had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. So the woman here represents the church who has tried through self-works to save herself from the Outflowing of the blood Representing the old nature Right Of course that represents death too The life of the flesh is in the blood when the blood is flowing out They're dying Well the church is dying And um, it's because They haven't been filled with the life of Christ the, the, the filling of the Holy Spirit Right So we are told of course The life of the flesh is in the blood Okay. Uh, Nevertheless, the church will be in uncleanness until the time of the number of governmental perfections symbolized by the number 12. The corruption will begin to turn around when God raises up the new leadership that he promised in these days. And as you know, 12 times 12 is 144. Mm Mm-hmm. I will restore, again, continuing with verse 26, I will restore thy judges as at the first, and thy counselors as at the beginning. Afterward thou shalt be called the city of righteousness. Having heard the things concerning Jesus, came in the crowd behind him and touched his garment. For she said, If I touch but his garment, I shall be made whole. So, touching the sitsit is to not be separated from righteousness or the name uh, through faith. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her plague. Amen. So, faith is imputed righteousness that will stop the life of the old man from flowing from us. And uh, straightway Jesus perceived in himself that the power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned him about in the crowd, and said, Who touched my garments? So to touch the zit zit is to partake of the power of the healing light that flows from the throne. And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? Uh, And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had been done to her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her daughter, Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace be whole of thy plague. So in short, the brethren, um, um, the white golden light pouring down from the sky as a beam of glory will flow through obedient servants in whom Christ is manifested through the latter rain and uh, belief in the truth. It will flow first through the man-child and then through the witnesses to the church at large. Amen? Okay, i we to talk just a little bit here uh, of uh, Zion's redemption. Just some verses I want to share. Isaiah 59 and 20, And a Redeemer will come to Zion, and unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, which represents the church, says the Lord, Isaiah fifty one eleven and the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion, and everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Isaiah thirty five and eight on down uh, through ten. And a highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. That's like climbing that mountain, right? They shall not pass over it, but it shall be for the redeemed. The wayfaring man, which means a man on a well-traveled road, it's the broad road, people, right? The wayfaring men, yea, fools, Shall not err therein. No lion shall be there on that highway of holiness, nor shall any ravenous beast go up thereon. It's a place of safety, the highway of holiness. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion. So, The road leads to Zion. The road of holiness leads to Zion. And everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Look at the promises for walking a holy life. Isaiah 4 and 4 on down uh, through 6 when the Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and shall have purged the blood of Jerusalem from the midst thereof by the spirit of justice and by the spirit of burning. And the Lord will create over the whole habitation of Mount Zion and over her assemblies a cloud and a smoke by day and the shining of a flaming fire by night. That's to lead them through the wilderness, right? For over all the glory shall be spread a covering, and there shall be a pavilion for a shade in the daytime from the heat, and for a refuge and for a covert from the storm and from rain. Isaiah 41 and 27. I am the first that saith unto Zion, Behold, behold them, and I will give to Jerusalem one that bringeth good tidings. There's good news for the bride. Isaiah 40 and 9, O thou that tellest good tidings to Zion, get thee up on a high mountain, O thou that that tellest good tidings to Jerusalem, the bride, again, lift up thy voice with strength, lift it up, be not afraid, say unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold, the Lord will come as a mighty one, and his arm will rule for him. The arm of the Lord is, of course, Jesus, who will rule through the man-child. Just like he did through the first body of David, right? Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. And verse 11 He will feed his flock like a shepherd, he will gather the lambs in his arm and carry them in his bosom, and will gently lead those that have their young. And Isaiah 52 and 7, we'll go through verse 8. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation, that saith unto Zion, thy God reigneth. The voice of thy watchmen; they lift up the voice. Together do they sing, for they shall see eye to eye when the Lord returneth to Zion. Hallelujah. How, that, how wonderful that will be. You know, the whole leadership. He said one flock and one shepherd, right? So therefore the Lord is going to move through his man-child and they're going to all see eye to eye. And the first people that are going to get this revelation is Zion, the bride. And that's when the Lord returneth to Zion. Isaiah 46 and 13, I bring near my righteousness, it shall not be far off. My salvation shall not tarry. I will place salvation in Zion for Israel my glory. Isaiah 51 and 16. And I have put my words in thy mouth, and I have covered thee in the shadow of my hand, that I may plant the heavens and lay the foundations of the earth and say unto Zion, Thou art my people. Isaiah 52 and 1. Awake, awake, and put on strength, O Zion. Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. Remember, the holy city is the one that's born out of heaven uh, in the book of Revelation. It's not that city over there that's corrupt to the very core. Okay, The holy city, uh, which is born from above. For henceforth there shall no more come unto thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. They won't enter into that city, according to the book of Revelation. Shake thyself from the dust. Arise, sit on thy throne, O Jerusalem. Loose thyself from the bonds of thy neck, O captive daughter of Zion. And Isaiah 16 and 14 says, And the sons of them that afflicted thee shall come bending unto thee. And all they that despise thee shall bow themselves down at the soles of thy feet. And they shall call thee... The city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Isaiah 61 and 3. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them a garland for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Amen. And Isaiah 62 and 1. For Zion's sake will I not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest, until her righteousness go forth as brightness, and her salvation as a lamp that burneth. And 62, 11. Behold, the Lord hath proclaimed unto the end of the earth, Say ye to the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy salvation cometh. Behold, his reward is with him, and his recompense be for him. Oh, hallelujah. And the Lord is coming. He is coming to Zion. He is going to manifest his glory first in Zion. And of course, Zion was the holy city. It was ruled by David. He was the head of Zion. And so the Davids, the David Manchild Ministry, will pass on the truths to uh, the Zion, the bride, who, just like those early disciples who were called the bride by John the Baptist, went out to raise up the fivefold ministry and raise up the church. So it will be done. The glory of God will spread in this manner. And the people of God will come uh, fully into the kingdom of God, which they thought they had in their dead churches. Not so. It doesn't even look at all like the book of Acts church. And it's been departed from because men departed from it. And uh, because they didn't have the experience that the early disciples had, they couldn't pass it on. Amen. Amen. But the Holy Spirit will be given and poured out upon the people and it will be the power of God that does this thing of bringing His glory to the earth, manifesting His glory in the earth and signs and wonders will be prevalent. He will confirm His Word with signs and wonders. He's doing it today. The people who are griping against the people doing the signs and wonders guess who they are <laughs> right okay do they have signs and wonders no they don't god does not confirm their word with signs and wonders he will confirm the word of the man child and after that as the bride is sent forth the bride will her word will be confirmed with signs and wonders following etc and and so on god will bring attention to those he wants to bring attention to in order for this word to get out. Amen. Well, it's good news. It's good news. Well, as I've said, um, there's go- there's hard days coming. Okay, good days and then hard days coming. And um, But the Lord knows best, and he will bring multitudes to him through this method. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, saints, for joining us. And God bless you. We'll do this again sometime. Amen.
0: can quench my thirsting soul. Pure as water, make me whole. Let your streams of mercy flow. Oh, Jesus, I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe, oh your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus. I trust in That darkest night What will be my guiding light The shining rays of red and white Jesus, I trust in you oh, sacred heart, in you I find Mercy seated for all time I am yours and you are mine, oh Jesus, I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. For your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus, I trust in you.